Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. through it all. It is well, not because of what we know, what we think we know, all we've done. It is well because of you, and we worship you for that today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Scripture says if any of you are sick, you should call the elders of the church together and pray. So we're just going to make this whole prayer time and anointing time just a regular part of our worship. So you'll see it more. And uh, if it's a physical healing or a mental healing or an emotional struggle that you're going through, or maybe you just need prayer, uh, we want to be available to you to pray for you. And it doesn't have to happen on Sunday. You could even call me on a Monday. And I would pray for you, um, and that would be great. Um, Before I dismiss the kids up to kids' church, I want to offer a joke. What What did the lion say before it went hunting? Let us pray. So, Kids, you can head upstairs for kids' church at this time. Parents, after service, you can head upstairs and, and check them out. Um, but kindergarten, kindergarten through sixth grade, we have kids' church um, going on uh, for kids during this hour. So um, we're so grateful for, for the volunteers um, who make that happen from, from week to week. Um, confession time for me. Uh, I... I uh, My wife is gone today. I had my kids with me up here in the front row. Uh, She's in San Diego for a bit of a girl's trip, and I was not invited. So um, uh, thank you for uh, uh, just allowing us uh, the freedom to be a family with young kids in this space. And if if you've had young kids or if you currently have young kids, you know kind of the the pressures and the stresses of that. Um, So I'm feeling a little kind of off a little bit. My partner's not here with me to make all the things happen that she normally does, so I'm so grateful for her, um, but it's been good to to be reminded, <laughs> to be reminded of all that she does, um, and so uh, thanks for, um, yeah, thanks for letting us just be a family with you guys and growing with you. I want to welcome you today to, to worship as we turn to uh, the Word and as we open ourselves to what God has to say to us. Today in the church calendar is Transfiguration Sunday. Okay, As we move through the church calendar year, the last Sunday before Ash Wednesday 
is always Transfiguration Sunday. Now, Ash Wednesday kind of moves in the calendar because it follows Easter, and Easter, no one can figure that out. It has something to do with the moon. Um, but if you're, if, if as you're following that last Sunday before Ash Wednesday, they kind of count up the different Sundays of Epiphany. So it says, you know, the fifth Sunday after Epiphany, the sixth Sunday after Epiphany. But that last Sunday before Ash Wednesday is always Transfiguration Sunday. Now, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus' life, this brings to mind an event that happened uh, in his life. And you might be familiar with that term, transfiguration. Um, and in fact, it is the scripture reading that we just had read by Brooklyn earlier in this service. This moment is when Jesus goes up a mountain, this is a very tall mountain, to pray. And, and it says in the midst of that, he began to, to look different. And good old excited Peter says, I got an idea. Let's, let's make some shrines. Let, let's commemorate this. In one, in one gospel, it says, let's, let's build some structures. We can just kind of hang out up here and have, have a little camp moment up on the mountain, right? Um, good old Peter, just excited to, to, to save the moment. And, and Jesus is like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. In fact, he says, what does he say? He says, as they go down the mountain, it says, don't tell anybody. Don't, apparently they, they didn't obey because <laughs> we have it in the Bible um, but they didn't obey maybe they obeyed for a few weeks or years I don't know but as they were telling the story they, they captured this moment this moment of what's called transfiguration because his figure his countenance was transformed and it shone glowed a little bit um like Val, I too have been captured by, by one of those types of moments that's happening across, halfway across our country um, out of Asbury University in Kentucky this past 10 days. This revival that has kind of spontaneously occurred um, a week and a half ago and people just don't want to quit <laughs> worshiping Jesus. And, the, and the, the university is trying to figure out how, how, do, we, how do we manage this and how do, we, how do we allow it to continue? How do we continue to do the educational work that we have to do? Um, and people are lining up uh, along the streets saying, I'd just like to, to experience a moment of this and take this in. Um, pretty powerful moments um, reported. Um, also, you know, everything in the world today has its cynics as well. Um, but that's what I think of as a modern equivalent to, to what we're talking about today and what we read about in, uh, in the Gospels for this transfiguration moment. Well, our journey through Epiphany, through this season after Epiphany, this common time, has been through the Old Testament. And the Old Testament text for this week is really similar, in fact, to Jesus' story. It's found in Exodus. So if you have your Bibles or if you have a device and want to turn with us to Exodus chapter 24, we'll be reading um, from that. Uh, and uh, what we find in, in matched with this transfiguration text in the New Testament is something that's very similar in the Old Testament. Um, reading today from Exodus chapter 24, for those who are willing and able out of reverence for the reading of God's word, would you please stand as I read verses 12 through 18 from Exodus chapter 24. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. I'll give you the stone tablets with the instructions and the commandments that I've written, commandments that I've written in order to teach them. So Moses and his assistant, Joshua, got up. 
And Moses went up God's mountain. Moses had said to the elders, wait for us here until we come back to you. Aaron and her will be here with you. Whoever has a legal dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. The Lord's glorious presence settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from the cloud. To the Israelites, the Lord's glorious presence looked like a blazing fire on top of the mountain. Moses entered the cloud and went up the mountain. Moses stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. How many of you uh, remember the old um, TV Mission Impossible series that ran on TV for a while? Some of you? Okay. Uh, I had to look up the dates. It ran from 1966 to 1973. Contrary to what my senior high boys would tell you, I wasn't alive to watch those on the first run. Okay? Um, They would tell you I'm much older than that. Um, But there are 171 episodes uh, 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 that um, aired in this Mission Impossible series. Um, I do remember seeing them kind of rerun when I was a kid. Um, And every time, okay, nearly every time, uh, there's this moment towards the end of the show, right? When the villains were getting together to talk about their plans or how they had just pulled off the greatest heist and what would happen. He reaches down below his collar, right? And he pulls off the mask and reveals that it it wasn't the bad guy after all, but it was the good guy. Uh, usually James Phelps and the crook was caught because they had just confessed to doing the crime. I don't think we, all, we always have uh, all that many countenance-changing moments in our lives, like, like James Phelps, right? He, he, he changed his appearance to, to catch the crook. Um, but the, there are those moments in our lives, in the course of our lives, where we have just this amazing hilltop experience or an encounter with God or even a chat with a friend that changes us, that changes our appearance, that that alters our course, that changes our very countenance. Sometimes they happen for us. Sometimes they happen in Scripture. And for Moses, he had one of those encounters here in Exodus 24. It's here in Exodus 24 that that Moses is invited by God to ascend the Lord's mountain, Mount Sinai. (laughs) God sends out this invitation, come and hang out with me for a little while. Rest in my presence. I have some things I want to share with you. I want to talk to you about. Moses isn't one that's going to turn that invitation down, right? Right? He takes Joshua as his assistant. He says, come with me. Before he goes, he kind of uh, provides for the people of Israel that will, be, that will be staying down off the mountain. Okay, He, he kind of turns over <laughs> judicial control, right? If, if anybody has a, a dispute, if there's something that, that comes up, listen to Aaron. Listen to her. Clearly, there, there was some roles that Moses was filling, right, for the people of Israel that needed to, needed to be covered. He wasn't sure how long he was going to be gone, and he wanted to provide for the people. We pause here and, and just talk about how, how, how 
critical this is, how important this really is when no one knew at this point in the story how long Moses and Joshua were going to spend upstairs with God, right? Up on the mountain. In the presence of God, Moses had been invited. And this peculiar, eerie cloud kind of blanketing the mountain of God and, and six days they waited. Now, I don't know if they could see Moses hanging out there with Joshua, kind of up up the mountain or not. Six days they waited, and on the seventh, Moses is invited further in, further into the cloud, further into the presence of God. So Moses does, and it says he stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights. What I've experienced is this. When we encounter God's presence, we don't really want to leave. When God speaks to us, when God captures us, when God gets a hold of us and gets our attention, it's a moment that's beautiful. It's a moment that's compelling. It's a moment that (laughs) we kind of want to make last. I remember as a teenager going to camp and being like, man, it's Friday. I got to go home, right? To all those pressures and all those chores and all those things that, that, that fill my life. I'd kind of like to just stay here maybe another week, maybe the rest of the summer. I remember as a youth pastor prepping my students for that moment. What's it going to be like when you go home? Because home is waiting. Home is coming. And, and you can take some of what God has taught you here and challenged you with here and, and kind of let it all slip out the van as you head down the mountain and just fall back into old patterns as you go home. You can do that. Or you can hold on. Or you can hold on and see life look a little different. In Moses Moses' experience as he, as he goes through this encounter with God. It's a, there, there's, and some, some of you, I know you do this, and I love that you do this, but you kind of want to read a little bit more of the context of the scripture passage that, that we use in, in service. And so I, I'm going to give you a few spoilers. If you read chapter 25, Moses is up on the mountain, and he's getting these instructions from God. He gets instructions about gift offerings. He gets instructions about the chest that's going to hold uh, hold the, the stone tablets uh, eventually. The Ark of the Covenant is what it, used, what it came to be called. He gets instructions about building a table. He gets instructions about building a lampstand. I hope they weren't like Ikea instructions, right? They seem a lot more specific. 26, there's more, chapter 26, there's more instructions. Chapter 27, there's more. 28 and 29 and 30 and 31. If my math is right, that's seven chapters of instructions of what he's to do as he descends the mountain. God's saying, I, I, I want to lay this all out for you. 40 days of getting these instructions. Finally, at the end, he receives stone tablets from God, chapter 32. Or at the end of 31, I think. Chapter 32, something happens. <laughs> chapter 32, something happens, the, the tone changes, and God says to Moses, hurry, go down the mountain. 
You've been away a little too long. Israel is forgetting who they are and whose they are. It says down on the mountain they had turned in their gold jewelry. They'd turned in their, their gold and they had melted it down and cast a golden calf and began worshiping this idol and organized and overseen by one of the people that <laughs> Moses had put in charge, Aaron. There's a whole other sermon there, but we're not, we're, not, we're not going there today. This story is about Moses. This text, this, this life-changing, countenance-altering encounter with the living God. For 46 or 47 days, Moses was in the midst of the presence and the glory of God the Father, a life-altering moment. As we read the story, if you want to read even further in Exodus, you realize that he kind of comes down the mountain. God's angry. Moses gets angry. He had these stone tablets that God had given them, and he spikes them like he just scored a touchdown, and they break all into pieces because he's angry at the people for their actions. He kind of has to set things right, and God, God works with them. And it says he left again and went up the mountain again to spend time with God. And after that time, Moses was, came down off the mountain, and it says that his face shone like the sun, that it glowed, that his countenance had been changed. And from this point forward, Moses had to kind of wear a shroud or a veil over his face to stop freaking out the little children. Moses, why, why does Moses' face glow? It was the first COVID face mask ever. No, no. What's amazing to me as well is the parallels that this story has with the walk of Jesus in his encounter of climbing the mountain. That even Jesus, even Jesus, who's, who's described in one passage as the author and the prophet, perfecter of our faith even jesus has this moment with god the father now this crazy insane beautiful tricky mess we call the trinity how did jesus go in god's presence and aren't jesus and god don't have all those answers for you today but it says in in that passage that jesus's countenance was changed that it was altered, that being with God had changed the look, changed their face, changed their outlook, changed their person. The time spent with God on top of the mountain is a change-instituting moment. Not just for Moses, the guy that was trying to lead God's people, the one that was called forth but even for Jesus. And as we encounter this day that's focused on the, the transition, the transfiguration of Jesus and how it parallels this encounter with Moses that he had on the top of Mount Sinai, the question for us today is, how can we share in this experience? That if it worked for Moses, who was trying to be faithful, who was trying to lead God's people, that he could be invited up the mountain to encounter God, and it literally 
made his face shine. That if it worked for Jesus as well, to get away, to, to go up and encounter God. I believe it can work for us too. I believe that God is inviting us today into God's presence to be changed, to look different. There's no formula. I don't know which mountain to climb. There's no Mount Sinai in front of us. There's, there's no magic words or actions or, or, or things that we could do to automatically make it happen. But what I see in Moses and what I see in Jesus are similar things. What I do see is an intentional choice to step out from what they were doing, to lay aside what was going on. And to say, I want to move towards God in this moment. I want to move towards God in this moment. That, that all the things that, that were happening around, and, and by now Jesus had, had become kind of a popular kid, right? Jesus had been healing people. Jesus had been getting drawing crowds and drawing attention and Jesus had to say, I need to move away. I need to, to get away with the Father. Connect with him. Moses had <laughs> this big nation of people following him. And he was called away from them toward God. And spent 46, 47 days in God's presence. What I can tell you is that this movement away from our busyness, away from our schedule, away from our routines towards God is not easy. It's not normal. We have lots to do and lots going on. We can get consumed in the here and the now by lots of good and worthy and important and appropriate things. The journey toward God sometimes requires a laying down of other things. In fact, will always, I think, mean movement away from other good things. Moses was in community with Israel. Moses had, had spent time and was leading them and caring for them and, and, and keeping them on the right path, keeping them away from cashing in their chips and saying, well, let's just worship a golden idol. We removed Moses and, and look what happened. Good thing that doesn't happen for any of us these days. We get distracted. We get distracted. We turn our attention to things that end up replacing God in our lives. Here, a leader and respected and important part of God's design for the nation of Israel. And it was here in this moment that Moses left all of that to ascend the mountain. It was that determination. It was that choice and that commitment that made this change possible, that changed the very countenance of this man 
who wanted to follow after God. For me and for us, the question today, how do we surrender just this normal routine, this, this, the, the way that, that life is kind of designed, this, this normal and natural economy that we live in with our time? Because our normal response, that, that standard economy of, of how we use and spend and, and appropriate our time looks different than a kingdom economy looks different than, than how Jesus would invite us to connect with him. A kingdom economy says pursue God, engage with God, go after God, climb that mountain today and hang out in the very presence of God to let our lives be changed. Kingdom economy says it's worth it. Kingdom economy says, it's worth it. It is so good to be in God's presence. We go after God and the chances to be in that presence. I'm going to invite the praise team up today as we close out our service today by singing a song. Maybe, maybe this is only me today. I'm not sure. Maybe this is only me, but prioritizing time, climbing the mountain for me is hard. Amen? Prioritizing the time to climb the mountain to separate myself so that I can focus on communion with God is difficult. <laughs> but the model in Scripture is consistent. Moses. Jesus. That's a couple of good recommendations there. Both these men took time away to climb the mountain and to connect with God. Think of others whose walk you admire in this world, people that you know whose faith, you look at their lives and say, the person is deeply connected to God. You may not know it by a shining face, their lives shine for God. And I bet that in their practice, they take time away from the busyness to be with God and to be close to them. They will likely have this rhythm of climbing the mountain and spending time in God's presence. The crazy thing is, we can see it. We can see it. We can see their lives shining for God. Not their face. It's not so much a glow. But they likely have a different way of looking, of behaving, of responding, and living a gracious, spacious, hospitable kind of life and way of living. And I pray today that that could be all of us. Amen? May we live that way because of our encounters with God. Let me pray. Lord, thank you today for who you are, how you walk with us, and how you change us. I pray today that we would find ways to climb the mountain and to spend time with you in our busy and complicated and full lives, God. 
May we make it a priority to find time to climb that mountain and be with you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, as, a, as a benediction today, uh, or during our benediction, I invite you to stand, those who are willing and able, and we uh, just extend our hands to remind ourselves that this is a benediction that we received today. Reading from Ephesians chapter 3 for our benediction today. Now glory to God who is able to do far beyond all we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and always. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.